Welcome to the Gestalt IT Rundown, where each time we meet, we run down the IT news of the week for a variable degree of snarkiness. I'm your host, Stephen Foskett. Joining me as co-host is the darkest of Dark Avengers himself, Senor Max Mortellaro. Welcome to the show, Max. Hello. So, uh, Max, let's uh, dive right in with news or nah, um, since we... Uh, have quite a few stories today. Um, first up, uh, news came out today that 128 Networks, which is a familiar name to those of you who follow Tech Field Day, which I hope everybody does. Um, we went to uh, Massachusetts uh, for a special Tech Field Day event last year, and we've been following 128 pretty closely. Well, news just came in that uh, Juniper Networks is buying the company. Uh, Juniper, of course, is also a familiar and friendly Field Day company. Um, what do you think, Max? Is uh, is this news uh, for the industry, or is this just Juniper um, adding a little bit more SD WAN tech? Well, you know, you know that uh, SD WAN is not really my cup of coffee, right? But uh, something something's brewing uh, on the Juniper side because they purchased Mist. You now they're purchasing 128, and it seems that they're really beefing up their uh, their offering, their solution in terms of adding IOPS capabilities and AI back stuff, but. That's not something I'm really uh, the expert there. So maybe you can chime in and say a couple words on that, what your thoughts are on this. Yeah. Well, 128 was pretty impressive stuff. I've got to say the delegates came out of that uh, field day presentation with a lot to say. And um, if you're interested, you can find it at Tech Field Day. Just uh, search for 128 in the Tech Field Day website, and you'll find the whole day of presentations there. Lots of deep dive into the technology. Um, now, Juniper already has some solid uh, you know, SD-WAN technology. Um, and the uh, 128 Networks Edition, um, I think this is a case of, as we often see in technology, where companies, um, you know, they, they buy more and more technology um, to kind of fill in, you know, little little gaps. Um, Juniper, interestingly enough, is making a tremendous, tremendous play here uh, in the networking space. And I've been super impressed by what they've been doing with their AI-powered uh, networking, the whole Marvis technology from Mist. Um, and so I'm actually pretty psyched to, to see what this is. Uh, I'm not sure it's really news yet, but uh, it could be once uh, once they take over. Okay. So uh, another thing, uh, Stephen, is the, the Raspberry Pi Foundation has announced the long-awaited uh, compute module version for the Pi 4. Uh, and this brings not just a new uh, faster quad-core CPU, but it also brings a totally different form factor. So, uh, and, and on top of that, it's also bringing PCI Express and NVMe storage. So do you think it makes it more interesting, less interesting? Absolutely. And um, I got to say, a uh, shout out to my good friend, uh, <laughs> my internet buddy, uh, Jeff Geerling, uh, who uh, did an awesome, awesome write-up of this thing. Um, love you, Jeff, man. You, you, you're the best. Um, between his uh, reviews of uh, storage for Pis and SD cards and USB drives and stuff, and now this, it's awesome. Um, anyway, the, the Pi 4 is really interesting because, um, you know, it, instead of being that sort of dim form factor of the previous compute modules, this thing is uh, uses like board-to-board -board, uh, connectors. Um, and so, you know, I've already seen the Turing Pi 4 prototype announced yesterday, I think. They actually just sent me a press release, too. Um, basically, they're mating these board connectors to a DIMM-style thing that they can then put into the, the Turing Pi uh, chassis. Um, yeah, when I first saw that that form factor, I was like, whoa, what is this? Like, what are they thinking? But now that I'm looking at it, I actually think that it makes a lot of sense because you can still make a DIMM form factor, but you could theoretically use the compute module in all sorts of other ways with the board-to-board -board connections. So let's set that aside. 
Um, the other thing that uh, Jeff Gearling reports that's really interesting is um, just how many different things are packed into this thing. This is by far the most advanced Pi ever made. It's got Wi-Fi. It's got um, you know fast EMMC. It's got PCI Express exposed. Honestly, the only thing it doesn't have is USB 3. But of course, that can be solved using a PCIe card. Um, so honestly, this thing is killer. Uh, you know, the numbers that he's reporting, um, the things that I'm seeing from it. I mean, this this is not your dad's pie. This thing is uh, pretty awesome. Are you a pie user yourself, Max? I do, I've got one uh, one pie over here, which is uh, doing a kind of, you know, smart mirror stuff. I've got one in stock. So I'm, let's say I'm planning to do something with that, maybe some network filtering, you know, pie hole or something like that. Yeah, I imagine this uh, faster pie might be uh, a, a way to, to to move forward for you. So it's it's exciting stuff. Anyway, check out the uh, link in the notes here. So I think we uh, we should really get uh, talking about uh, um, what VMware was doing with Project Monterey. You know, they announced that at uh, at VMworld, and we were all kind of excited to hear about these uh, smart leaks, uh, which kind of float uh, some workloads to uh, to process data directly. And uh, one thing that they were doing was to partner with uh, Pensando, with Mellanox, uh, I think NVIDIA as well, and, and Nebulon when they made the announcement at VMworld, I mean, the virtual VMworld. And now uh, it seems that Intel is also in the game. So uh, what do you think about uh, Intel, how it differs from uh, what the others are doing? Yeah, I think this is important. Um, you know, uh, uh, there's been a lot of press, a lot of ink spilled on Project Monterey. and. Um, the exciting things that VMware is doing there. I mean, essentially the uh, TLDR here for people who don't know what's going on there is uh, Intel is bringing, um, uh, there's like five different names, DPUs or whatever, but let's just think of them as like super duper uh, network interface cards. So basically it's a network interface with processing power and it runs an operating system. In fact, it, it apparently runs ESXi. Uh, at least for the Pensando card. And, um, you know, basically the uh, the card is uh, offloading some of the processing of, you know, some of the network processing and relieving the host CPU. This is not a new idea. I mean, we've had smart NICs for a long, long time. We've had, uh, you know, NIC offloads and storage HBA offloads for a long time. But it's essentially that, except um, like way more so. So instead of being like anemic little processors that could do like checksums or something. These are full on, you know, CPUs that can do real work and have real power. And, um, you know, that's been something quite impressive. Uh, so you've got uh, Pensando, uh, which presented at uh, Field Day. Uh, so if you want to learn more about Pensando, Nebulon also presented at Field Day. You can learn a lot more about their card. Um, those two are competing absolutely in this space. And then you have, um, as you mentioned, Mellanox. So uh, NVIDIA recently acquired Mellanox. And the word is that basically they acquired them for this technology. Um, you know, this gives NVIDIA a very powerful entry into the data center. And these things are super popular. So Amazon is already using these things as part of AWS. And now VMware is here uh, promising that in the future, they're going to roll out SmartNIC support as well. Um, from what I hear, Intel was a little bit late to the party, um, which is surprising because most of these, uh, or at least the Pensando one, runs a language called P4, which is a sort of a programming language um, that allows you to, you know, configure the NIC and program the NIC. Um, that came from Intel's subsidiary Barefoot uh, Networks and Nick McEwen, um, who uh, I believe came up with that. Um, 
But anyway, uh, you know, Intel bought Barefoot. Barefoot uh, had some really impressive P4-based NIC technology. But the interesting thing to me, and I, I'm not sure that this is the story, but um, you know, Barefoot and thus Intel always kind of looked at it from the network facing inward. In other words, how can we extend the network into the server? Whereas uh, VMware, not unsurprisingly, looks at it the other way. They're thinking like, how can I extend the server into the network? And fundamentally, if you look at these Intel offerings, um, it kind of looks like Intel's not sure like which direction they're going. So basically, Intel has introduced two cards, um, which again, wait, what? Um, they've got an FPGA-based uh, card, and then they've got a, uh, you know, that has, um, you know, primarily as, a, as an FPGA so that you can reprogram it and do some dynamic workloads. They also have a uh, smart NIC that has a Xeon D processor in it. Um, the FPGA card is more, you know, kind of network inward, whereas the Xeon D-based one is definitely Intel's answer to what a lot of these companies are doing. But it seems a little puzzling. I mean, it's it's quite a card. Um, but from what I'm hearing from insiders um, who've used it, um, it's more a you know a component than it is a solution. In other words, it it has a lot of power, a lot of capability. But uh, what are you going to do with it? And and it seems a little funky to think that you've got a Xeon on a NIC card. Um, Max, have you been following these things at all? And and what do you think of my take, or or what's your take? I've been following it also uh, kind of a per peripherally, you know, uh, the last time we kind of talked about that was when we, uh, we did the last round on together. Uh, what, what, I, what I would say here, I think I, I would tend to agree with your view on that. What I'm, what I'm a bit more concerned is not that much about the technology itself or its applications, you know, its validity, about, you know, what, what's going on at Intel in general. Yeah, and I mean, we're going to talk about that a bit later, but it seems that uh, I don't know. It seems there's some floating, uh, a bit of confusion, you know, uh, so it's uh, kind of weird for me somehow. Yeah, I, I just don't know what quite what to make of the Intel cards. Um, they're certainly impressive. I mean, I have to say Intel has amazing FPGA technology. The Xeon D is a wonderful processor. Um, you know, the barefoot technology is tremendous. Intel has some super, super smart people. But um, I think it's safe to say that from the outside looking in, um, Pensando kind of scooped uh, uh, NVIDIA um, and Nebulon uh, in terms of the press uh, coup from VMworld. And, um, and that's a real surprise, especially considering that Intel is, you know, such a giant company. NVIDIA is such a giant company. You know, Pensando got a lot of attention out of that. So it's, it's kind of interesting. So uh, let's move forward before it's too late here, Max. Uh, we're running up against the hour. Um, the U.S. Justice Department just announced that they filed an antitrust suit against Google, alleging that the company could use its market-leading position to block other companies. Uh, in the U.S., obviously, the political situation is weird, um, and politicians are complaining about all social media and Google about censorship and so on. How is this story playing outside the U.S.? Well, I, I would say, first of all, there are, Google has always been under scrutiny here in, the, in Europe, and especially in the European Union. So uh, while there is no kind of antitrust, you know, so, uh, let's say, um, whatever lawsuit going on at the moment, uh, they've been passed on lawsuits, I think, in 2018. They got fined because, again, they're abusing their dominant position on the market. 
So I would just say that uh, probably the well, there it is no news at the moment. Uh, we are probably looking here what's going on in the US because as you know most of the governments are kind of uh, looking uh, with a bit of worry uh, what the big falls are doing, not just uh, Google, but of course Amazon, uh, Facebook, and I forgot which one is the other uh, GFA, but whatever. So, so I, I would I would probably uh, stop it here, so we can cover the last uh, the last story, which I think is probably the most exciting and the most important. So, uh, you know, uh, very very big news hit yesterday, as you say, long awaited, and SK Hynix uh, finalized the deal to purchase Intel's uh, NAND business. So that's going to be flash and SSD actually. Um, that means that uh, Intel is going to exit the uh, probably low margin uh, NAND business, and they're going to uh, retain the uh, obtained pre-cross-point memory. So what, what does it mean here for Intel, for SK Hynix, and the rest of the flash industry? Yeah, this is, uh, this is big, big news. And this is something that I've been following really closely. Obviously, I'm, a, I'm thoroughly excited about storage. Um, this, is my, this is my bag. Um, so a little background. So I mean, Intel has um, gotten themselves into all sorts of uh, markets uh, over the years, um, including, um, you know, flash memory, but also, I mean, you know, DRAM. And I mean, Intel's been in all sorts of markets over the over the years. Um, and I think that what one thing that we have to know about Intel um, is that Intel's strategy has always been um, we're going to develop technologies that are, you know, obviously, you know, silicon, you know, computing related. But it, every one of their technologies serves the goal of selling more CPUs in more places. And I think that that's if you understand that about Intel, then you understand all you need to know about Intel. Intel's job, you know, they've got the the marquee product, which is the CPUs, and those are that's high margin high value, you know, mega bucks product, everything else they do is designed to help support that core product. So Intel um, has walked away from market after market, even when people scratch their heads and said, hey, how come they don't want to be in the DRAM market anymore? Well, the answer is it was commoditized. There was uh, valid, you know, suppliers of, of, of it and Intel just didn't care anymore. They didn't want a low market DRAM business. And the same thing is happening here. Essentially, Intel developed some solid uh, flash memory, uh, NAND flash memory chips. Um, you know, good stuff. Um, Intel became a pretty solid player in the in the space, especially in, with hyperscalers and um, in the enterprise selling SSDs. And um, but the problem is, it's not really great business when you're Intel because um, you know, although it's profitable um, and it's growing and, and things are looking good. It, it's just not what they wanted to do. You know, they want to sell more more processors and they want higher margins. And so uh, Intel walked away again, and um, they did it in a way that got them, um, you know, eight billion dollars now and two more billion dollars in 2025. And um, you know, that's kind of what Intel does. Um, so from the, I, I think the Intel part of this story is there's no story. It's just Intel doing Intel. Um, as long as we understand that they did retain 3D Crosspoint and they're going to still try to push, you know, the whole Optane thing forward. Um, the more interesting thing to me is what it means for the flash memory business. So essentially, flash memory just lost a major competitor. If you look at the pie chart in this link that I'm sharing, uh, it um, it's clear that, uh, you know, this market is consolidating. But another thing to keep in mind when you're looking at this pie chart is that two of these companies are actually the same thing, sort of. 
So um, you've got, uh, you know, uh, our friends over at Kioxia and um, Western Digital, they each have like, I don't know, 16% of the market or something, but that's the same fab. <laughs> and so that's like basically two owners of the same fab. And so, you know, married filing jointly, they would have like a third of the market, which means that we now have two tremendous competitors in this space, Samsung and the Western Digital Kioxia fab and a number of other strong competitors as well. I think the only interesting thing about this story is frankly that it didn't go to a Chinese company because uh, Intel manufactures this stuff in China. Uh, China really is desperately trying to, to compete in the area of flash memory and uh, they just lost <laughs> they just lost the opportunity to buy another one. But I guess that's politics, right? What do you think, Max? I think it's politics as you say, right? And, and I totally share your analysis and even the, the the, the, the point of view, uh, I, because I was talking about that yesterday as well in the video, and there we were talking more about the uh, the fact that Intel wants to focus on high mar high margin innovative products. But if you tie into the uh, the CPU element, as you said, then it becomes all crystal clear. So the question is, and that's maybe for someone else to answer, is what is going to happen after Crosspoint? Uh, are they going to work on some new kind of innovative memory? And who knows? Yeah. Who knows? And um, yeah, I think the only thing that we can count on is that Intel is going to do what Intel needs to do to continue to support sale of high value, high margin, you know, chips uh, that kind of drive the, the core of their product line. Well, thanks a lot, Max. Uh, it's great to have you here. Thank you for joining us today on the rundown. So everyone watching, uh, please do remember that the rundown is available um, as a podcast as well um, as live on YouTube. You can find it in your fav favorite uh, podcatcher. Um, you can also uh, find them posted on Facebook uh, as well as uh, YouTube. Uh, and you can go to gestaltit.com uh, for show notes as well, uh, links and so on. Um, We'll be back next Wednesday at 12.30 Eastern, 9.30 Pacific uh, to talk about uh, the IT news of this week. Um, but until then, for myself, uh, for Max Mortellaro, for Abby Murphy, for Tom Hollingsworth, and the rest of us here at the Gestalt IT crew, uh, here's wishing you and yours a super sparkly day. <laughs>